0: So, what I want to do for a few moments um, tonight is, uh, is in the process of this, the whole refreshing of our, our brand, our logo, um, you know, the, uh, just, just our approach as we were reaching 30 years, we just thought we needed to do something to keep it fresh. Um, we, we, um, we, get, we hired a guy who has helped us in the past, who's really good at what he does. And, um, and, and we, we just got together and did Think Tank on this. And so there's a couple of things that uh, I want to throw out and ideas that I want to do some, get some reps on so that we get them uh, in our culture. So I have to say um, the new logo and the new concept of Here for Better is I love. And uh, I, the more I... The more I see it, the more I like it, and, and I think as we lean into it and get it, and I've realized that we've been working on it for six, eight months, and some of you guys, it's like the first time you've ever seen it was a few weeks ago, uh, really. Um, one of the things that came out of our kind of time together was three core strengths that our church would have uh, would be that connection and mindset and experience, and, and I'll spend some time talking about those uh, two brand promises that I live in the life of our church is the idea of all together. Everybody say all together. All together. And pursue always. And, and which which is, thank you for saying that, um, pursue always, which, uh, which is the kind of thing that just, you know, that's why we keep fixing stuff and making stuff better and moving forward. And so... Um, I just want to I just want to keep talking about some of these ideas and I'm going to spend some time uh, on Sundays talking about all this but um, this idea of, of being a here for better um, uh, I, I really believe Jesus makes people's lives better right and amen and and I'm I'm convinced that and I know it's easy to say yes to this in in church Um but whatever your past has been, God has a better day ahead for you. And, and he has plans for better for your life. Those, those are plans that God has for you. Uh, Hebrews 6, verse 9 says, Beloved, we're convinced of better things. Everybody say better things. Concerning you, things that accompany salvation. And He's actually has been kind of fussing a little bit. Uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews, but he's saying, I believe of better things for you. And um, then uh, Hebrews seven nineteen, the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, there's a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Hebrews 8, 6, this idea is one of my favorite ideas. Uh, is, as Hebrews 8, 6, he has obtained a more excellent ministry Jesus has by as much as he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Everybody say better. 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 You know, I don't know if you ever think about this, but I just think about I'm so glad that I wasn't born in Old Testament times, Old Covenant times. Because Old Testament, Old Covenant was, here's a commandment, you have to obey it, and God will bless you. And yes, you can send out a sacrifice of an animal to try to cover it, but by and large, to relate to God, uh, there was commandment and obedience, and in the New Testament, it's promise and believing, and the, so our whole relationship with God—the better in life—is built not on my performance of trying to keep all the rules, and but my, but my whole relationship with God is built on His commitment to keep His promise. So, so it it's a part of the the culture of our church that we're interested in the quality of people's life on this side of heaven. I mean every Sunday, every time we get together, we give people an opportunity to to surrender their life to Christ. But but we just believe God wants you to have a better life on earth just as it is in heaven. So we're not just interested in getting people to heaven. Uh, we want to we want to get heaven to people. And and I'm I'm convinced that being um vitally connected to your church makes your life better. Uh, I, I I believe you can get better. I believe I can get better. I believe life can get better. Whatever it is, whatever's going on, it can get better. With God, there's hope for a better day. Right? Come on. We can, we, can, we, can, we can get better as a church. We can live better and we can make things better. We're here for better. And, and every environment we walk into, we're, we're here to, to help make things better. We're here to help make Asheville a better place. We're not just having meetings in this building for our own sake. We're here to make Asheville a better place. And we're not doing any of that to earn God's approval. We are do that because we're certain of God's approval. So wh- where, wherever you are in life and whatever has happened for you or against you, um, no matter how many mistakes you've made, God has plans for better. A- amen. Somebody say better. Amen. Better. So... Um, you hear me say that kind of stuff all the time, and I know you're already like zoning because you, you hear me say this all the time. Not everybody goes to church and hears that all the time, I assure you. Or or there's lots of people who never go to church at all and never hear somebody tell them stuff like that. And what what I want to kind of drill down on a little bit with us tonight is, is to recognize this, that a new logo is cool, and a new slogan is cool, um, but it could just be a coat of paint yeah. Yeah. that doesn't change anything, right. that doesn't make a difference. Right. Um, I, I do believe that that look and language are important in creating culture, yeah. uh, but it can never actually replace us being the culture. So, so all this stuff that we're talking about, um, these, you know, core uh, values, core promises, brand promises, all all this stuff, it's not really a new direction, um, but the where it's bringing me to is it's a now direction. Uh, I, I think... Um, it's something. It's all stuff that's been true about us, but we haven't really, um, I think, lived it as well as we could. Um, and and I'm I'm after uh, a fresh new emphasis and uh, an application of understanding all this kind of stuff and like our church living it. Um, I'm far enough along now. I don't care if anybody gets upset. Really, uh, I've I put my 30 years in. <laughs> I just, go ahead, get upset, because I'm going to ask our church to pray. Like I'm not going to let people off the hook on this one, right? And so, so when I when. If we can't say we're a house of prayer if our church doesn't pray, and we, and if and if you, me, if we are the church and we are the culture and what we do is the culture of the church, then it's us praying. It's it's us. We are worshiping, right? I I I know it. I know it's easy for. for you know, for people to go, well, you can't expect everybody to worship. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh, and, and I intend to. And I just believe there's something uh, in incredibly powerful about a room full of worshiping people. You know, amen. Um. You know, generosity, it sounds like a cool thing until it's time for you to be generous. Right until until you've until something in you has to has to and your flesh has to die, and and say I'm going to be generous here. So when you know like when guest speakers come in uh, to our church for people to go, I'm just not going to get involved in that particular thing. You know, giving to them and honoring them with an offering, and I'm just saying that's not the kind of culture we want in our church. That people walk in and, and and just get leftovers tossed to them. When the the idea that we are here to help people find Christ and reaching for decisions for Christ—that's all of us together. The being the culture, you understand what I'm saying, right? It's it. We can't just say I'm glad I go to a church that prays, glad I go to a church that's generous. I'm glad I go to a church that worships. I'm glad I go to a church that has seen over 500 people make a decision for Christ. But we all got to do this. Like, we all got to do this. We all got to live this. We can't just, you know, put a, here for better. Yeah. Did you get the new cap? <laughs> so I want to talk for, for a minute or two about uh, about the concept of connection. So connection mindset experience. Uh, I don't have time to, to do um, all of it, and don't think it would be wise to do all of it. But we're committed to connect to connection through the local church. So church is not just a place to go to; it's a family to belong to. So what? What? the connection factor is we are we are praying together. Um, I still think there's a large majority of our church that doesn't get the idea that praying together matters. So the connection is we are worshiping together. We are gathering together. We are serving together. It's not like those things are for the elite people. Um, We are accomplishing our our mission together. We're connected. Uh, And I think all of us would agree we're better together. But you're going to hear me uh, and maybe the tone of my voice. I'm going to have to pray it through to make sure I get it right. But um, we've We've always called people out of isolation, uh, and and we've always called people out of you can't just attend a meeting. That is that is, does not make you a Christian. And I I think I think this world um, it is through the busyness and the distractions is pulling us all apart. You know, you could be sitting in a room with people and everybody's doing this. Some of you might be doing it right now. The 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 pull apart kind of thing. And I think I think we I think we just don't recognize the 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 gradual decline of connectedness. So kids get on sport teams and it's, it just swallows time and money and energy. And, and I'm not against kids being on sports teams. But, but I think there's a place where you have to go, okay, they're not going to make it to the NBA. Come on. <laughs> right? But, but I'm, I'm saying we, we live in a culture that is dividing us. Don't think it's not a spirit at work in our world. We, we live in a, in, a, in a world that is distracting us, that is isolating us. So, so it's become like n- n- no one seems to have time to sit down at the table and eat a meal together because we're just on the run, busy. Church, Church gets pushed out to an occasional visit when it fits our schedule. And so we say, we gotta pray together, we gotta worship together, we gotta serve together, we gotta give together, but the reality is, there's all this pulling apart that's taking place, and people don't even realize the isolation it's creating, the lack of connectedness. And there's not enough time, there's not enough energy for people to get together. You mean be a part of a small group? <sighs> By the way, we are about ready to bring Jessica Spence on our team to do small groups for us and so she she's gonna fix it all. <laughs> It'd be great. <laughs> our church is, you know, I mean in the scale of all churches, uh certainly there are churches that are quite a bit larger than ours, but our it our church is big enough that you can get lost and you can hide and you can stay anonymous and you cannot be connected. So this idea of of all together—I better say all together. All All together—that means everyone involved, somehow, somewhere. So when our when we say let's we're going to pray, we do it together. And when we say we're gonna give, we do it together. No, no one's dodging on that and going, nah, "Not me, not this time." You don't understand. Everybody has a seed. Everybody has a seed that they can sow. Right? When we say when we serve, we do it together. We do it together. All together. If I say all together. So, so, I know, I know this, this, to me, sounds like one-on-one, like the most basic one-on-one. But I do believe that uh, if this is an issue that lives in our world. So, we show up to worship all together. We grow in community all together. Yeah. We, we live generously altogether. together. So, honestly, what if every, all together, everybody in our church honored God with their tithe? Honestly, we, we'd, we'd definitely be in a different place than we are now. No question. It's always amazing to me, like, we teach this all the time, and I know it upsets some people. It's like, they, all they do is talk about money. No, that's all you get offended with is <laughs> us talking about money. But I think to myself, there's people that have been in our church for three years, five years, ten years, and they still don't pay tithe. And I'm thinking, where do you go? Like, where does your head go? What are you thinking? What if... All together, everybody in our church served. What what if all of us worshipped? Like wholeheartedly. What if all of us prayed? What if all of us tried to invite somebody to church? What if all of us acted like the health and the strength of our church was dependent on us. Like if the whole church was like me, what would it be like? Altogether, it, it means this. It means church matters and church gets high on the priority list. Now, you guys know I'm not a legalist and I don't ever want to be a legalist. but, But... You do what you want to do. You do what you feel like doing. You do what's important to you. And to say church matters, it means it matters in my schedule. So I'm not, I'm not making a schedule that somehow fits church in. Uh, it matters in my budget when I'm thinking about next year, this year. It matters in how much energy I'm going to give out because all of us have X amount of energy I'm, I'm, I mean, so here's what I'm saying. Our world is torn apart, hurting, and our world needs a strong, vibrant, God empowered church. It does. <laughs> now, Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 23 in the message The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. I think, I think another idea to think about when you think about all together is to remember that everybody can play a part. Because some people don't think what they have brings value. Like, oh, if I could sing, then yeah. But everybody has a chance to make a difference. Regardless of what your past has been, <laughs> regardless of your present set of circumstances, you, we can all make a difference. And it's all of the together parts Making an impact. Um, there's a story. I, started, I was thinking about this story, Genesis 13. This is uh, Abraham and Lot are traveling together. God is blessing. There, there is just um, increase and flourishing happening all around them. And then their their herds herdsmen start fighting with each other. And finally, they recognize that it, it's time for us to. Go separate ways. Like th- this is not working. Sometimes there's times where you have to go. This isn't working. We gotta we gotta go separate ways. And um, and so Abraham says to Lot. He says, "You could choose uh, where you want to go. You go to the east. I'll go to the west. You go to the west. I'll go to the east." And there's a lot in this story, but it, it's Abraham kind of kind of he's been in a season, if you will. With, uh, with Lot, walking with his nephew. And they've been together, and they've been working in life together, and now it's just time for a new season. And um, there, Genesis 13, verse 14. After the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, For all the land which you see, I will give it to you, to your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, your descendants can also be numbered. Arise and walk about the land through its length and breadth, and I'll give it to you. God is actually reiterating to Abraham the exact promise he gave him in Genesis 12. Promise that God's kind of set the course for his life. But he he started out, he's in a season, there's no telling how long he and A and Lot were together, and God is saying, okay, Lot's gone, it's a new day, I want you to take a fresh look at your vision from a new vantage point. God, is, He's repeating to Abraham, this is... The exact promise he gave him, the vision he gave him beforehand, and but but the thing is, where Abraham was when God first gave him that promise, because some of you know when you get a promise, you don't always know everything it means, but it starts to give you direction so you can move, and so you start moving, and all of a sudden Abraham's moving and he's growing, he's increasing, he's flourishing, but now. Now he's here instead of there, and he's having to look at God's reiterating the promise to him. The promise is the same. The vision is the same, but Abraham's not the same. Abraham's not the same person. I, I, I think. I think it's. I think it's important to re- remember that. God gives them the same vision. In other words, if your vision is changing every two or three years, you're not going to get anywhere, right? And I would say the problem that a lot of churches end up facing is they have pastors that haven't committed for a long time. I remember when I first moved here, met a pastor. Said how long, I asked him, how long are you planning to be here? He says, as long as things are going, good. I'm thinking... <laughs> Yeah, you're the kind of guy I'd want to depend on in a storm. A long-term commitment to your vision is vital. But at, at some point, you got to recognize you're in a new place and you got to take a fresh look at that vision from here. What was in your life, how old your kids were, what your, what your salary was, your whole life situation here and now you're here and i just want to say if our perspective isn't growing we're not growing uh if if we're not if we're not growing as people and saying i oh, yeah i have the same vision but i think it's time to take a fresh look at at the vision and so the truth is what i'm saying tonight is there's no new vision if i if you will our church we're still committed to praying and worshiping and being generous and loving people to Jesus and you know serving our community and going to the nations but sometimes as you get down the road you got to start looking fresh at that vision from here because back then I didn't have the experience I have now Back then, I didn't have the revelation I have now. Back then, I didn't have the relationship. Back then, I didn't have the understanding I had. And I think even for us individually, here we are, we're about ready to move into 2020, 2020 vision. Wow. I think I think it'd be worthwhile for some of us to stop and go, I know what the vision is, I know what God wants me to do with my life, but maybe I need to adjust my schedule a little bit whatever it's morphed into, or priorities or relationships. And then the last thing, and then we're gonna take a moment to pray and just worship God and we're not gonna be in a hurry. So just, just count on that. Um, Abraham has a fresh encounter with God. First, God is saying, I want you to look at the vision from a new angle and I want you to stay fresh with it. It's the same vision, but then he gives him a, He has a fresh encounter with God, and I love this um, Genesis 13 and verse 18. Abram moved his tent, came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. I love this idea that Abraham's new move brought him to a new place of worship. You know, some moves move you away from God. <laughs> Avoid those moves, right? But some moves actually bring you to a new place of worship and dependence. And, I, and it, what I want to say to you as a person, but to, to us as a church, is you got to build an altar around every stage of your life. In other words, you got to have a fresh encounter with God now. You got to find God in a meaningful way at this point in your life. Not just your vision, but like an encounter with God. So, you know, when you're single, you gotta find God in your singleness. But, but then when you get married, you gotta find God as a married person. And then when you get babies and you get toddlers, everything changes, they swallow all the air, and you got to find God in a fresh way and then when those toddlers become teenagers you need God in a very fresh way anybody know I'm talking about come on and then your kids have moved on it's a new season you got to find God in this season build an altar around this stage and, and I, I really believe that the way that we have found God in the past isn't going to work for today. And my last thing I want to say, and then we're going to take some time and just worship and pray for a minute, is I, I just really think our 30-year-old church could use a fresh encounter with God. Anybody with me on that? Come on. And I think some of us could use a fresh encounter with God. So I want you to stand to your feet. Uh, the team's coming out. They're gonna lead us in some worship. We're gonna to pray together. We're not in a hurry. So just, just chill with this moment.
1: I just wanna take a moment. You know, I just, I really feel the presence of God in this place. And as Kirk was even speaking tonight, I thought of something that I had read yesterday in Luke. And it was jesus and he was saying you know when the wind is coming from the north that you're getting ready for a cold season and he said but when it then when it comes from the south you're ready for the wind is going to produce warmth and heat and jesus in a way he was being very stern with them because of his great love and he said but but don't be a fool he said you discern the god season and i just can't help but believe that that jesus here tonight would be saying to us discern and know the god's seasons of our lives and know the God seasons of this house if we're family then we're to sense the presence together right and to be moving in sync together and be moving you know together in the same direction and that is discerning and knowing the season of God that is in the life in this place, in the life in our own hearts, and and I think most of all, we just want to lean in, and as Kirk said, you know, it's not just 30 fresh as words, but it's from the Spirit, and so, but that only comes from us leaning in, right, and so my, my prayer has been even today, God, you know, sometimes when we, you know, I've heard that when you go into surgery for heart surgery, sometimes they have to break the bone, to get to the heart to make what God wants to do in that heart. I mean, the surgeon wants to do for that heart. And so I just, I'm asking God, God, break our heart for what breaks yours. Can, I just want to pray over every single one of you. I thank you for coming tonight. I think God wants to do something significant in our hearts and in our lives. Father, thank you so much for these precious, precious ones here tonight. Father, we say, we come before you today, Lord, and we just say, we we are hungry for fresh. God, we know that from your throne, there is an eternal river that takes place. And God, today we just come before you with humble hearts, every single one of us, God. Hearts open, hands open, God wanting your will to be done. And we know, God, that where your kingdom is established is where your will is established. And, Father, we come before your throne today and say, establish that in us. Establish that in our hearts in our lives. Establish that in this house, God. And, Father, we just believe that you're causing us to walk into a freshness and a new season, God. Father, I pray for every single person here today, God. I pray for the goodness of God and the favor of God to chase them down, God. Father, I pray that you would unite us in prayer, unite us in generosity, unite us, God, in connecting with one another. And we know that the impact that we make on our city, God, that you will give us Divine authority, and we know that that authority really comes from the stewardship of what you give us. That establishes God authority in our lives and establishes God authority in this city, God. So, Father, I thank you. I bless every single one of them, Father. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your presence in this place today. Only the Spirit of God can cause our eyes to be lifted, can cause us to to see and to sense what you want to say, and what you want to do among us, God. So we thank you for the Holy Spirit who is alive and within us and is quickening us by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. All right.
0: Lord, we humble ourselves before you tonight. We, we want to see your name lifted high. We want to see something that looks like a move of God in our midst, God. So we come with a a fresh heart to say we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to serve, we're going to love, we're going to give, we're going to do it. We're going to do it all Together and we call on you. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us and confirm the work of our hands. Somebody say, Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank